You're listening to episode 270 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, speaker, and mental health advocate with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. It's about allowing for room to grow, and this podcast focuses on three main pillars, human connection, personal growth, and freedom. We cover topics like relationships and cultivating genuine supportive connections with ourselves and others, speaking your truth, shattering personal barriers, radical self-acceptance, and courageously leaning into your skill sets. Whether it's a solo episode or bringing on highly curated guests with incredible stories, experiences, and expertise to share, we're leaning in and taking the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while still covering the uncomfortable topics that many of us like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here. And today we're going to be talking about self-worth. And this is something that that really uh, so many of uh, the things that we face, deal with, experience in life come down to our inner experience of ourselves, which is built upon our sense of self-worth. And I, I personally believe that we all always have work to do in this area because it's just like, you know, all of these other things that we talk about on here, it's like you uncover one layer and then you hit a new one. And there's always more to, to figure out and to discover about yourself. And there's always new issues and uh, new experiences that we have in the world that can make us look a little bit harder or differently at, okay, you know, there's, there's this thing that's coming up in me, like this not good enough, or, um, this, this feeling that there's something that I, could be doing differently. Really, that, that's ultimately what it boils down to. And if you've been hanging around here for a while, you know that I, I sometimes will pop a quote into an episode that really resonates with the overall theme, or sometimes I'll actually see a quote in a book or on social media or something that just sort of stops me in my tracks sometimes. And then I get so inspired that I build an entire episode around it. Now, this episode actually has two different quotes, both from Mark Groves. So if you're not familiar with Mark Groves, you can go check out Create the Love on Instagram. Um, he just posts amazing stuff. I will get him on the podcast one day. I haven't actually asked him yet, but <laughs> one day I will bring him on the podcast. Um, and I, I actually sort of thought about splitting this episode into two different parts, but both of these quotes are so closely related around this theme of self-worth that I think it'll actually pack a, a bigger punch and, and have a greater impact kind of examining them under the microscope uh, together in relation to each other. So the first quote that I heard, this one, initially I sort of skipped by it and I was like, wait, no, <laughs> there's there's things there that I need to, to explore within myself. And the quote is, quote, you won't know the impact of your absence if you don't know the value of your presence, end quote. That's by Mark Gross. Oof, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack there. You won't know the impact of your absence if you don't know the value of your presence. So think about that for a minute. That do you ever feel like nobody will miss you if you're not around? Have you ever had that that feeling? I, I certainly have. And I think maybe one of the reasons why this quote hit me a little bit hard was I am I'm someone who is likely to sort of retreat and isolate instinctually when I'm hurting. Um, so this sort of seemed particularly relevant in that regard because the, it, it, it can really, this can be applied to platonic relationships just as much as romantic relationships. So sometimes I think that I forget and, you know, when we're hurting, we can be very self-absorbed. It's, it's kind of like how 
things like depression are inherently selfish to, to a degree, just because we're so deep in our own emotional pain that it can be difficult to see outside of that. And I've, I've absolutely experienced that. I think that that's a, a very normal part of experiencing those, those lows. And it's something that when we pull away from people, we can forget that that might actually leave like a big gaping hole, right? You know, we all have, have those, those people in our lives where we can go out and have the best night ever and, and, or stay in, in what these days, whatever that looks like. And, but it's still just not quite the same if that particular person or, or group of people isn't there with us to experience it. But sometimes we may not realize how much our own absence might be missed because we don't recognize how much we bring to the table when we're actually there. And that's, that's something to really consider and, and, and think about. And I've, I've absolutely struggled with this. And, you know, in sort of recent months, um, I've been doing some more work around this and particularly around, I feel like relationships ending, like romantic relationships, I, I often will have this feeling that I won't be missed, like that I'll simply be forgotten. Um, kind of nothing more than like a, a tiny little blip on the radar, kind of blending into the background of somebody else's life. And nobody wants to experience that. Like we never, we never want to feel that we will be forgotten. Now, from a philosophical standpoint, uh, Marcus Aurelius talked about this. I, I had a conversation with a, a friend of mine uh, about this recently, where Marcus Aurelius sort of acknowledged and accepted that he would be forgotten after he died. The irony, <laughs> the irony is that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later, we're still talking about him. So clearly we didn't forget about him. But that does sort of speak to this idea of showing up in the world in a way that has ripple effects. And yes, we can never, you know, gauge or control the ripple effects, but what we can do is show up with the greatest amount of impact possible, whatever that looks like within, within your own sphere of, of people, right? Within your own sphere of humans. But ultimately this, all of the, this boils down to if we're having, you know, these, these moments of, of not, fully understanding the value of our own presence, there's a lot to unpack there around our sense of self-worth. And, and I've had to do a lot of work around this. Once I kind of noticed some of these things coming up, I've had to do a lot, a lot more work around this in the past year or so. And this shit runs deep sometimes. Like it can run deep, like along with, you know, childhood and sort of family origin stories, which is often the case for, for most of us. There's a lot to unpack there. But when we think about not knowing the value of, of your own absence, sometimes this can also happen when someone is, a, is sort of in a, in a constant state of trying to fix or heal themselves, which I'm noticing is becoming an increasingly common theme a little bit with this sort of explosion of, of personal development and um, so-called Instagram therapy. And, and it's a, a fine line. I, I've, I've mentioned this in other episodes as well, and, and it's, it's worth repeating that I need to remind you that you are not broken. You are not something that needs to be fixed. You are a whole complex, layered, multifaceted human being. And what I, the, the view that I prefer for both myself and I encourage others to, to view themselves, sort of the, the different lens to view themselves through is through the lens of seeking growth, not looking to be fixed. There's a massive difference. And you can actually almost feel the difference in, in your body when you really think about that and let it sink in. Like thinking that you're broken as opposed to 
you are growing. You're broken or you're growing. Which one do you prefer? I know which one I do. The, the, to look at things through the lens of growth just takes a completely different feel for it. And it feels empowering. Whereas feeling like broken, so-called, or needing to be fixed, that's also very rooted in like a victim mentality as well. And can sometimes also be sort of a little bit of the idea of waiting for somebody else to come fix us, you know, like, like to do the work for us sometimes too. Right. But a lot of times I think sometimes people will hold themselves back in a lot of ways because they feel as though they have to be 100% healed, which is not a thing. I've (laughs) talked about that before too, that there's no such thing as a human being walking around who is 100% healed because there's always more work to do. There's always more layers being uncovered, right? So we have to think about this a little bit differently and we can remind people of their value. And that is a beautiful and powerful tool. Like there, there are times where we may need to borrow that belief that others have in us in order to begin to really recognize it for ourselves. So think about someone who you think has, um, you know, it has, has a big influence on, on you in your life. I have a couple of friends like that one in, in particular And if, when that friend tells me something that, that they admire about me or something that they feel is a strength in me or something like that, I take that so seriously. And it actually helps me to, to better see and recognize that for myself. And, and we all need that sometimes. That's partly why human connection is so crucial because yes, we, we need to be able to stand on our own two feet and all of those things, but we are not independent beings in the sense that we just do everything on our own. We are in so interconnected with each other and it's a necessary part of moving through the world as a human. That's the only way that we're able to survive is by connection with others and your value and your worth is innate. You do not have to earn it or, or fix something about yourself that you may have believed in the past was so-called broken. You, you don't need someone else to love you before your worth shows up at the door. You are worthy, period, full stop. There, there is no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. You are innately worthy. So that's something to sort of allow to sink in. And there's a lot that comes with this, right? Like <laughs> this is where a lot of, of the work is. But I also just really wanted to make that point that sometimes it's not a bad thing to adopt the beliefs that others have in us when we can't or, or we're having difficulty having that belief in ourselves. We will all have moments where that can be an incredibly powerful shifting moment for us. It, that can be like a catalyst moment. When somebody says something that they recognize as a strength in you, where you never recognize that strength in yourself... I've had moments like that before where it has essentially altered the entire course of where I was headed in life because maybe somebody recognized a gift in me that I didn't recognize that I had in myself until they pointed it out. And it's not that then my entire self-worth is built upon that other person believing in me, but that can be the spark that triggers it to then start to really, truly not only see that, but feel that within yourself. And if this concept sort of feels hard to grasp or or wrap your head around, I I want to really gently remind you to just be kind to yourself. Just be kind to yourself. When you're moving through these things, we we don't just snap our fingers and develop 
magical self-worth. That's not how it works. There are so many layers to this. And the only reason why I'm able to teach the things that I do is because I have firsthand experience with all of this. And I have struggled around self-worth and I am right there with you learning more all of the time. This, I, I have not hit some end destination and now I'm just like looking back, guiding the way. Good Lord. No, <laughs> that's, I, I am constantly meeting new layers of myself and, and learning how to do this in different ways. And, and, you know, you'll think that something is good in one area and then something else comes up and triggers it. And it's like, oh, okay, there's, oh shit, there's more there. Okay, fine. <laughs> there was, um, I actually had a, a coaching session with a friend of mine recently and she, she referred to, to me and, and, uh, to herself as well. She was sort of talking about, uh, overall group of us, but she was, uh, we were referring to it more as, as each other in that particular conversation. She referred to me as, as a wounded healer and referred to herself that way. And it's a term that sometimes gets thrown around in the coaching space a little bit. And it's not one that I would use to refer to myself, um, ever that it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't really feel, it doesn't really resonate with, with me, but I understand the concept and the shoe does fit in, in a lot of ways for many of us, because a lot of times the people that we, that we learn from and the people that we can relate to the most have gone through these same types of things. And that's why we are able to learn from them. And sometimes they might only be half a step ahead, but they're just far enough that they have picked up a couple lessons that we can learn and adopt from that and from their experiences. And for me personally, I can only help others because I've been through it. And only because of that, that otherwise it would just be pure theory as opposed to actual lived experience. Right? So let's go into the second quote here, because I think that, that this one is really important. So quote, the universe will remove anything you put yourself worth in to remind you it doesn't live there end quote. That's again by Mark Groves. Oh, both, <laughs> both, both of those quotes have gotten like an oof for me. Anytime you, you place your self-worth in something outside of yourself, the universe will kind of find a way to either take it away or shake things up to remind you to bring it back to yourself. And this is an incredibly painful lesson to learn. And if you're anything like me, You've had to learn it multiple times before it starts to sink in. And again, this is one of those things where you'll be like, okay, finally, whew, I learned that. I'm good. And then something else will come along and hit you in the face. It's like, oh, no, no. Okay. We're, we're, we're starting again. Except you're never starting again. You're, you're never, it's not like snakes and ladders. You're not going back to the very beginning of the board. You will always end up farther ahead than where you started before because you've had those other experiences. So that's something important to remember as well. It can feel like you're going back to the beginning of the board, but you're actually not because all of those other experiences are helping you grow and prepare you for what's coming next in a lot of ways, even though it can sometimes be some, some really painful circumstances. But again, bring it back to the fact that your value as a human is innate and it doesn't require you to make a certain amount of money or obtain status or, or power of some kind or have certain connections or relationships to look a certain way, have a particular skin color or body type, travel the world, um, live the white picket fence life. Like you, you don't have to earn your worth. None of those things give you your worth. That, that's not where your, your sense of self-worth belongs. You're worthy because you're a human being. That's it. That's it. 
There are no asterisks attached to that. No, there's, there's, there's no conditions on that. And yet we will often wrap our identities and sense of self-worth up in our job, our bank account, the person we're in a relationship with. That's, that's very human, but ask yourself and be really fucking honest right here. (laughs) Where is your self-worth residing right now? Where is it residing right now? Who and, and what have you placed it in? What story have you told yourself around what you need to do to earn it, to prove to yourself that you are worthy? Because there's that underlying sense of not good enough again, right? And for me, one, one area that I um, am working on this right now is, I think this is especially tough, like as an entrepreneur, um, is it, tying sense of self-worth to, um, to the job. Or I know some people have talked to me about feeling like they tie their sense of self-worth to how well their clients do as well, um, because then they, they sort of take it personally if their clients don't do well. I, I don't do that. Um, uh, at least I, I haven't noticed that coming up in myself. And I also just happen to have rockstar clients, <laughs> but <laughs> truly though, in, in all seriousness, that that's a very dangerous line to walk as, as well, because again, you're putting it outside of yourself, but this is something that, um, I, I think can be especially a little bit tricky as an entrepreneur, particularly when you're a personal brand. So then it's like so much of you is tied up in your business. It's, it's tough to draw that, that line to separate where your self-worth lives a little bit. And especially because it's, it's such a big part of, of your life. Right. So that's a little bit tricky. That's something that I am currently working on. And and I think, um, will continue to work on. I I think that's going to be an an ongoing thing, but wherever you notice your sense of self-worth residing outside of you, you get to take it back. Like you can decide, you can start learning that you are a whole, complete, worthy human being right now as is without changing anything. And if you're always placing your value in things outside of yourself, you'll begin to value and respect those things or those people more than you do yourself. So as an example, like if you're in a relationship, for example, where you, you never seem to be the priority and you're you're always coming in last. How are you going to feel? Probably shitty, right? I mean, that, that's shitty either way, obviously, but especially if we kind of have our sense of self-worth tied up in that, that other person, in, in the, the relationship itself. And then it feels shitty when you're not the priority, but you're also then agreeing to tolerate that behavior. And I'm not saying that as like, go break up with the person who is uh, putting you last or whatever, but it means that you need to communicate how you're feeling and, and to communicate your needs to your partner. We, we went into that, um, in the episode all about your, you're not needy, you're a human with needs. So I'll reference that episode that, so that you can go check it out. But if you're clear on your values and you respect yourself and, and you, you are, because when you're clear on your values and, and you respect yourself, no matter what, you are worthy of being with someone who wants to make you a priority in their life. That, that has to be a, a really significant part of who you determine to be with. Because if you value being a priority, but you also allow someone to treat you like the complete opposite of that, you're going to lose respect for yourself. And 
I hate to say this, but the other person will potentially lose respect for you at the same time, often without even realizing it, not, like not even consciously, but they will just be so used to you being okay with coming in last that that will just become the norm and that that will just be standard at that point. And that's when you start to end up in those situations where you look in the mirror and you wonder where you lost yourself along the way. There are a lot of people that I've spoken to who have those moments. A lot of people, sometimes uh, decades into a relationship. And it, this doesn't have to just be tied to relationships, but this is, is a really big part of it. It's, it's one that I think people experience a lot. And moreover, the, the more you allow yourself to be treated that way, you may end up in a situation where the other person doesn't respect you much either because you've been putting up with so much bullshit for so long, right? Like, like again, it, that, because that will have become the norm, they're going to think it's totally cool to treat you that way and not valuing yourself shows like you, you can, other people can almost sense that. And again, I don't mean that in a malicious way. It's, it's not that people are necessarily like seeking that out. It's that we can just sense that, that type of energy sometimes. So you get to decide that you are worthy. You get to decide it. It is your choice. It is your birthright. You get to make that decision for yourself and take your power back because a lack of self-worth can also really translate into codependency. Now, I, I am not an expert on codependency, um, but I have done a lot of research into it. I think that the topic is fascinating. I have uh, much personal experience with it as well. And I'm actually going to be bringing on a guest in the next couple of months to talk all things codependency because I get questions about that sometimes too. And I just think that it's an incredible topic. So we're going to, we're going to talk about that more. But the thing is, is again, I'm, I'm going to bring it back to this when we're busy placing our sense of self-worth in people, things, or ideas outside of ourselves. And then the things that we place our self-worth in are eventually taken away or change or, or shift direction or whatever to remind us that that's not where our worth lives. It's part of the growth process. So things like a relationship ending, a job loss, not booking that big client, a, a maybe a, a friend uh, talking about us behind our backs. It's all a reminder. It is a reminder that your sense of self-worth has to come from within so that you can be a grounded presence for yourself, even when the storms of life try to throw you off course. And I'm not saying that you won't experience pain. It's it's that when you do experience pain, you can still come home to yourself to, to really sort of deeply knowing and understanding that you have your own back, even when all the other external factors might be shaken up or, or taken away. Like think of yourself as a tree. Other people might only see the physical being you, that you as, as a physical being when they look at you, but your self-worth, your self-esteem, everything else that goes along with that they're your entire root system and the tree can't grow, stand up, or even live without its roots. And no one else can give a tree its roots. It has to grow roots by itself for its own sake. And more than that, when you have those really strong roots holding you down, it allows you to show up with more courage in every area of your life, especially in your relationships. And there's just this, this really, there's this, this huge paradox about how incredibly vulnerable it is to share our needs with, with people, especially with, with a partner. So it's incredibly vulnerable, 
But the paradox is that that's also balanced against how confident and secure you have to be in order to make that ask of someone in the first place and how much courage is required in order to be vulnerable. That's, that's the balance that we all have to find within ourselves is asking for our needs and how incredibly vulnerable that is balanced against how confident and secure we have to be in order to ask for those needs to be met. Because we can't guarantee that how the other person will, will react. And sure, they, they might be okay with meeting our needs. They, they might not be. And then we may have shifted the entire relationship and it's really fucking scary. You know, it's funny talking about sort of grounding and, and trees. <laughs> There's super weird homework that I gave a client once. <laughs> I told him, and he was such a good sport about it. <laughs> I told him to go hug a tree. <laughs> and before you like turn this podcast off and think that I'm completely off my rocker, um, <laughs> he was, he was just feeling very sort of like flighty all over the place, like not, not grounded at all. There was a lot happening in his life. He was dealing with a huge amount of of change and and shifting. And I encouraged him to find ways to ground himself. And then after we've been talking for a while, I actually suggested hugging a tree. (laughs) Now, hear hear me out on this because look, this doesn't build self-worth. Okay, (laughs) this does not. But it does help to contribute to the sense of, of inner grounding. I, I, I swear I'm not, I'm not a hippie. Okay. I had, (laughs) I first heard about this when I had a teacher, uh, when I was in school for two years to train as a holistic nutritionist, I had a teacher who suggested this practice about hugging a tree. And I was like, what the actual fuck? Like, (laughs) what is this shit? Did I make the wrong choice by entering this program? Like, come on, this is some bullshit right here. (laughs) But I tried it once despite, you know, like back way back when, I tried it after she suggested it, despite my skepticism. And I swear to you, you can feel the difference. You can actually feel the difference. It is incredibly calming. And, and maybe it's just because I am someone who, who like feels like I really require um, nature on a regular basis for my mental health anyway. But you can actually use visualization and stuff when you do it and sort of plant your feet firmly into the ground beside the tree. And you can visualize roots moving from your feet down into the ground to stabilize you. And I've done this more than once in the past couple of years as, as I've been sort of moving around a lot all over the world. And it, it is, it sounds bizarre. It sounds very strange. And you may never listen to this podcast again because you might think that I have completely lost it. But I, I'm challenging you to actually give it a try. Like give it a genuine try because it truly is, it's very calming and, and stabilizing. It's incredibly grounding. It's actually fascinating at how th- this is yet one more example of like how closely tied we are to nature. And we often try to leave, leave that part out or to ignore that part of the equation. But I also have like less weird homework for you to show up for yourself. Um, try creating and, and why I'm, I'm talking about showing up for yourself is that this is partly where you can start to build that inner sense of, of self-worth. So try creating three non-negotiables for yourself each day. And this is another practice that I use with some of my clients who, who might be struggling to make time for themselves. And I choose three, I have them choose three because more than that can feel really overwhelming and feel too hard to fit into, into their schedules and less than three 
doesn't really quite get them to, to where they want to be. So three seems to be like the really perfect number. This varies according to the person in terms of what those three things are. And we usually talk about it and talk about what, what makes them feel good, what, makes, um, what, what also feels manageable, and what they actually enjoy too. So some examples of, of mine, like my sort of three non-negotiables each day are to move my body and or work out. I, I work out most days, but moving my body in general is a non-negotiable each day. Like I have to at least go for a walk, preferably like I always, I always walk outside kind of rain or shine. I'm not somebody who can walk on a treadmill. It's not my jam. I, I'm not into it. Maybe my legs are just too long, but I don't, I don't like, like walking on a machine. I want to be outside. So anytime you can, um, getting outside and moving your body. So that, that's one of mine eating a really big salad or at least like a large serving of, of vegetables at least once a day and reading something like either fiction or otherwise, although I, I tend to read a lot more of, of nonfiction, but those are practices that I can take with me no matter where I am in the world. And they just, they, they ground me and it builds when you can do those things for yourself on a regular basis every day. And maybe you want to add in things like, uh, maybe part of your three want to be things like journaling, meditation, um, snuggling your pet. Like, you know, I, th this could be anything, right? There's so many different things that, that you can do here, whatever works best for you. But when you can do these three things for yourself consistently, it builds self-reliance. It builds confidence and trust in yourself. And again, these are all things that they ground you and make you feel good. And your sense of self-worth and self-esteem is also rooted in your own personal integrity. Integrity, self-integrity is actually one of the six pillars of self-esteem, according to the book by Nathaniel Brandon. And that's really important. Like your, your entire sense of self-worth and self-esteem is built on these, these types of principles and pillars, including can you show up for yourself? Can you show yourself that you can show up for you and hold it down for you? So these are just some, some very, very basic practices that you can try. So go hug a tree. Oh my God. I can't believe that I'm recommending on a podcast to go hug a tree. <laughs> Please DM me about this. Has anyone ever tried this? I need to know. Has anyone else ever tried this? Uh, do you think that I've completely lost my mind? Tell me all the things. <laughs> I would love the feedback on this. So send me a DM over at Emily Goff Coach on Instagram. Um, send me an email at info at emilygoffcoaching.com. Um, I would love to hear about it. And just let me know how this feels for you. And, and if maybe these, these quotes, I, I will list the quotes in the show notes as well. Uh, if you're a more visual person, um, let me know if these quotes kind of hit you as hard as they did for me, especially the one about the impact of, of your absence and knowing the value of your presence. That one was like straight to the heart. I'm like, whoa, that just spoken to my soul. That, that was, that was a big one. And there's just a lot to, to unpack there. So let me know how this sits for you. Um, I've also, I've had a lot of thoughts lately around things like self-esteem, self-sabotage, self-compassion, like these, these things have been coming up with clients as well. Like, let me know what you need and what you want to hear the most. Um, I'm creating a lot more content, including some brand new courses and workshops, masterclasses, all these things. And I would love your input to see what you need help with the most. So please don't hesitate, reach out, send me a DM, um, an email, whatever suits you best. Again, it, all of, uh, all the ways to contact me are listed in the show notes, or you can jump over to room to grow podcast.com and everything will be listed over there, but please, uh, send some feedback my way because I would love to hear, uh, how I can help you, what you're dealing with, uh, what you want to learn more around. I'm here for you. So let me know and we'll talk to you soon. 
Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It means the absolute world to me, and I'm so grateful. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review, and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes, and I'm looking forward to growing with you.